0: loves our church family, and we're so thankful for that. Uh, so this is Randy McPherson. He, well Give him a hand as he comes up. Thank you, Pastor Mitch. I'm feeling dangerous today. Are you ready for dangerous? I'm ready for dangerous. Let me tell you, I'm tired of living in fear. I'm tired of being afraid of stuff. You know, I like a Mark Twain quote. I've experienced many bad things in life, some of which actually happened. (laughs) You know, we just live in a world of fear. There's always things that can hurt us. There's always things that can harm us. There's always times we are afraid of our finances or afraid of things in our life. God does not want us to have a spirit of fear. It all belongs to him anyway. You know that? And I'm not saying we should go do stupid things, but I'm feeling dangerous today. And when, my, when I was six years old, I, I love this. I think you should have this for your backdrop every Sunday. I mean, this is Alaska, you know. This fits. Anyway, my dad took me bow hunting for the first time when I was six years old. And I had a little fiberglass bowl. And I was totally harmless. But I felt so dangerous. And you know what? I'm feeling dangerous today. I just want you to know that because I came to share not what I've been reading, but what I'm living. Do you mind if I share? It just is a deeply personal journey. You know what? The walk with God, as I shared last night, your life's a mess until you focus it on Jesus Christ. The God who made the amazing natural world that Romans talks about, his invisible qualities, eternal power and divine nature have been clearly revealed by what has been made so that no one has an excuse to not know there is a God. We know there's a God, but sometimes we don't always know what God and us have going on. And that's the step of faith. How does God have time for me? Well, I do want to say hi to Pastor Milt. I'm, I'm pretty sure he's watching. Hi, brother. And you know something? When you're hurting, I'm hurting. And uh, I just want you to know how deeply and profoundly I love you, brother. And I know that in the midst of this pain, there's gonna be some gain. Out of every challenge, God proves he is sufficient, that he's our healer, our deliverer, and our provider. And I pray that right now, you will feel that and know that. I've traveled the world, my friend, but you're one of my dearest friends, and I love you. So, my message today is all in. Are you ready to be all in? Because if you're not, you're going to be miserable today. I have found the best things in my life have never come easy. The good things always come hard. And the best things have happened after I've kept going when I wanted to quit. And boy, sometimes I've wanted to quit, haven't we all? You know, uh, next Sunday, I celebrate another birthday. And how many known birthdays are a good thing? Because the alternative isn't very good. Right? And I'm going to be 64 years old. And that is one step away from geezerhood. But I'm going to do everything. I feel young. I I feel, you know, I'm just... I don't, I don't feel old until I try to get out of bed in the morning sometimes. And then I'll look at a mirror and I go, oh, dude, what happened to you? You know, it's like, boy, age has not been kind to you. But anyway, um, I really, I want to, you know what, retirement isn't biblical, and I want to live all in and all out until he calls me home. I, I'm not going I'm not, to, I'm not here to coast. I, I could have retired at 40, haven't had to work since 40, but that's not God's plan. God's plan is to refire, change occupations, and go do something dangerous. It's not just to take take up space, it's not just to take up oxygen. It's to live with meaning and with purpose. And so what God's been challenging me, because you know, at 64, you see that you're running out of runway. And you know what? Here's the deals I shared with the men over the weekend. And I'm I'm sharing a message with you that I shared with the men at man camp on Saturday because God said you needed to hear this one too. And um, if we don't get engaged with everything we got, we're never going to find out what God has in mind. Because it's bigger, it's... It's more magnificent, it's more beautiful than we could ever imagine. And so God is challenging me not, not to take it easy, not to take the simple path, but to take what challenges me to the very core of who I am. Here's a definition that I looked up uh, that, that of all in. To be fully committed to a task or endeavor, to give or be prepared to give all of one's energy or resources towards something. You know what? I, I can I confess with you. Nobody's accused me of being a small thinker of not having done a lot. I've traveled the world. I've started multiple businesses. That one of them I sold out several years ago. But one of them does over four billion a year. I sold out too soon. How many have ever sold a stock too soon? I, I sold out too soon. But. I, but God has used me without a college degree to do things that I never dreamed was possible. My brother has built the largest bow company in the world, and he's done over a billion dollars in bow and arrow sales. Who th- would have thought that? You see, the problem isn't that we have, prob- that we're in- that we have- of our inabilities. It's our ability to believe that God can use us in spite of us. Here's... A lot of you know some of these scriptures that I'm going to share with you. But Revelation 3.15 says this. I know your deeds. Guess what? God knows everything about you. Everything. There's nothing that's hidden from God. Everything you do, every breath you take, He's aware of it. For I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot, I wish you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I am about to spit you out of my mouth. Have you ever put something in your mouth and you want to immediately get rid of it and spit it out? That's the way that God feels about us sometimes when we're just lukewarm. We're just blah. How many many no blah people? Come on. How many sometimes are blah people, you know, lukewarm? <laughs> Guess what I found out? God, can, you, can the camera follow me if I go crazy here, or do I have to stay up here? Huh? All right. Not that that's important, but the glare is probably pretty bad, too. You, you know what I found out? You know, it's not just God who doesn't like lukewarm. My wife doesn't like lukewarm. She doesn't want me just, she doesn't like it when I'm just blah. And you know what? (laughs) I look, my wife thinks I look pretty hot with a vacuum cleaner. You see, if I'm going to be fully engaged in our marriage, i got to do something. i got to be engaged in the responsibilities of life. i got to be a laborer alongside of her. See, God doesn't like lukewarm, and neither does your spouse, and neither does your kids, neither does your co-workers, neither do your neighbors, neither do the people that you spend a lot of time with. I, they don't like lukewarm. So why do we live that way? Because it sometimes seems to be the safe way to go. My my every Bible I have the bookmarker is in Colossians three. In Colossians three seventeen says, "Whatever you do, do with all your. Uh, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him." Does that say some of the things you do? Oh, and this challenges me because I don't live all in all the time. Whatever you do in verse 23, it says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. You know what? And it's not a perfect journey, but folks, this is what God's telling me. Randy, you need to be all in because before you know it, this life will be over. Now listen, I got really good news, we get to live forever, but we have a very short window in this life, and I believe what we do in this life has an impact on eternity, don't you? Not only about whether we get a skateboard or a Cadillac, I'm just kidding, but who comes with us? And who are the people we helped along the way? You know what I found out? I'm most alive when it's not about me. When I'm selfish, I'm miserable. But when I'm loving God and I'm serving others, amazing things start to happen. I'm alive. I'm ready to go. Something's going to happen. I was talking to Nancy. How many appreciate Nancy's a getter done girl? Huh? If the food ain't here for the dinner, she's saying something. If the guns don't show up for the raffles, she's saying something. Something's going to happen. I like to be around people. We don't know what's going to happen, but something's going to happen. I love it. We got to be all in, folks. I'm tired of not living all in. Are you? Why not? What do you got to lose except your boring life? I told you I'm feeling dangerous. So if you came here to get a feel good, so, uh, seeker sensitive, baloney, I'm tired of seeker sensitive messages and sermons. That doesn't make us better. If you think you're not going to have problems as a Christian, you need to go back and read the Bible. In this world, you will have trouble. But what does it say? Take heart, for I have over, will overcome. And he'll give us victory and delivery. You know, it's not the good times that define us. It's the difficult times. I've shared in the past, In one day I lost $12 million. How many think that's pretty good? I mean, I didn't want to, I didn't mean to, but I was trying to build something big, and it didn't work out. But I experienced God more profoundly in my business failure than all my business success. And if I'd never been willing to risk it all, I'd never receive the all in all that He's there for me. It ain't about me. Here's some thoughts that God has given me, and I hope hope that the power of the Holy Spirit will penetrate you. You know what? It's... There are things like the coronavirus that are contagious. But you know what's more contagious is the power of the Holy Spirit. When he's in you, working in you, and doing things that you can't believe. I, I feel so bad for those who live without the power of the Spirit. What are you afraid of? You know what? There's only one person in this world I'm afraid of. I'm afraid of me. I don't like me without Jesus. I'm not that nice a guy. But with Jesus, I can do all things. God does his perfect work through imperfect people. Are you ready to let the perfect work of God flow in and through your life? Because he wants to. He wants to. Don't live within your abilities. Live within God's. You know what? I have to confess, I haven't lived a lot of my life like that. I said, God, are you you know this is something I want to do? Are you with me? (laughs) No, God says, I got something bigger than that, but you're a sissy. God woke me several years, I'm sure this in the past, several years ago. He said, Randy, if you're not trying to do something bigger than you, I'm not in it. I said, Well, God, no one's accusing me of thinking small. I've already done A lot of cool things, started multi-million dollar companies, involved a lot of ministries. And, um, you know, uh, no one's accusing me of thinking small. And then he said this, and it literally scared me. He says, yeah, but you keep doing what you know you can do, and I want you to do what you know you can't do, because then you're going to need me. And I said, God, that's really scary, because I hate failure. I hate my, my own feelings of inadequacy, and I hate when it becomes very visible. But you know, when we, when we lay it down and we're willing to, to sometimes even look foolish, not, I'm not talking about being stupid, but we, when, we, when we're willing to risk failure, God gives us victory, and he gives us things that we never thought beyond our wildest dreams. I believe I have fallen short. You know, I think when we get to heaven, it's going to be a lot of joy and happiness, but I think we will, we will have moments of sadness when the Lord reveals to us what that magnificent plan he has for us before we are even born that Ephesians talks about. The Israelites spent 40 years wandering in the wilderness because they were not all in. Don't wander in the wilderness, folks. Basically, people died in the wilderness and never saw the promised land because they weren't all in. Ephesians has become one of, my, uh, one of my go-to places lately when I'm feeling like I want to get off the all-in thing. And in Ephesians 2.10, it says we are God's masterpiece. And I shared this last night, that the God who made the natural world that we hunt and fish and camp and hike and kayak and all those things in wants to make a masterpiece of our lives. But I keep grabbing the brush from God, and I've got to give it back. Because I make a mess, he makes a masterpiece. Ephesians 3.20, and I've alluded to this several times already, God is able to do infinitely with, with his work, with his power, with his power at work within us to do infinitely. I don't know about you, but I don't know if I'll ever get to infinitely in this life. Infinitely. Let that word sink in. Infinitely. Infinitely more than I can imagine or think i don't know if i can i can muster that kind of faith infinitely is beyond my comprehension that god, me i can see him do it in you or you but not me i got problems i'm not i'm not that bright i i flunk second grade literally just because you're not smart in school doesn't mean god doesn't have talent and abilities for you Right? My wife and I, uh, Susan, once in a while, she's able, she's, she's kind of a homebody girl. She's Susie Homemaker. Some of you have met her. She's 42, 42 years. She's been married to me September 10th this last year. And you know what? I'm so grateful that woman knows me and still loves me. Isn't it great when you have people that know you and still love you? They know you. And they still love you. What are they thinking? And I have friends who know me and still want to be my friend. Thank you, Pastor Milford, for being my friend. And um, I'm not always, um, I'm not always the easiest guy to be around because I'm just high energy. You know, you ought to try to live in my head sometime. You ought to try to live with me sometime. It's tough, but anyway, I love those who know me and love me. What a gift, right? So. We uh, Anyway, we went to Gettysburg. How many know what Getty, Gettysburg is all about? Civil War, biggest battle ever fought on the soil of, of America. More lives were lost. And I was speaking in Gettysburg, so we got a chance to do a tour of the battlefield. And we went to a place called Little Round Top. And many historians believe that the turning point of the Civil War was this battle of the Little Round Top. It was a high point. With Union soldiers trying to hold this high point. How many know that high point gives you an advantage, right? And as Christians, when we are on the high point, where the cross, the hill, where cross, where Jesus was was crucified, when our life is lived from the high point of the cross, we have an advantage, right? See the high point is an advantage and so anyway, these outnumbered Union soldiers were were on this cross called the Little Round Top, vastly outnumbered, but because they had the high, the high ground, they were able for several, several charges, several battles to hold them off. But it got down to 80 soldiers, dramatically outnumbered and surrounded and out of ammunition. And a Colonel Josh Chamberlain who a year before was a university professor, he was a teacher, not a military guy, was in charge of these soldiers. And his choices that day, to be all in, changed the course of not only the war, but our future as America. And I would like to play a clip for you. Sir, half a minute down. Most of the rest are wounded. The left is too thin, sir. How are we fixed for ammunition? It's almost gone. Sir, we're running out. We don't have much left to shoot with. Some of the boys got nothing at all. Sir, sir, what do we do for ammunition? Sir, my boys have to pick up red muskets and they back with them. Sir, we ought to pull out. No, we can't do that. We can't hold them again, sir. You know that. Well, if we don't, they go on by and over the hill and the whole flank cave's in. Sir, here they come. Well, we can't run away. And if we stay here, we can't shoot. So let's fix bayonets. the advantage of moving down the hill. They gotta be tired, the revs. They gotta be close to the end if we are. So fix bayonets. Ellis, wait. Ellis, you take the left wing. I'll take the right. I want a right wheel forward of the whole regiment. What, you mean charge? Yes, but here's what we do. We're going to charge swinging down the hill. Just like we pulled back to this left side of the regiment. Now we're going to swing it down. We swing like a dog. We're going to sweep them down the hill just as they come up. Understand? Does everybody understand? Yes, yes sir. Uh-huh. Okay, Ellis, you take the... Left wing, and when I give the command, I want the whole regiment to go forward, swinging down to the right. All right, sir. Fine. Move. Hey, We we'll- Dramatically outnumbered, surrounded, and out of ammunition, they fixed bayonets, and they charged. If they had not, the Confederates would have surely captured the high ground, and we would live in a dramatically different America today. We never know what's in the balance. One of the things that um, Colonel Chamberlain said is, I didn't want to die with a bullet in my back that's the way I want to live. Rather than running from my fears, rather than running from my problems, I want to face them head on. And here's, he was a very devout follower of Christ and here's something that he said at the end of that he um, of course became very famous because he was really they believe responsible. The the war went on for a couple years but it was really a turning point and the um, Confederates never came north again. It was always then fought in the South until it was completed. Um, This is the great reward of service, to live far out and on in the life of others. This is the mystery of Christ, to to live lives best for such high stake that it shall be found again unto life eternal. You see, we live our lives that impacts others. And our lives impact eternity, just like Joshua Chamberlain's. And sometimes we don't realize, but it requires us to rise above the mediocre, to rise above lukewarm, to rise above our own feelings of inadequacy. One of the things my brother was quoted um, in a Bill of Graham magazine was I'm deathly afraid of being mediocre. I don't want to find myself on my deathbed knowing I could have made a difference and just lived an average life. See, God has called all of us not to live average, but to live all in for him and for others because we impact eternity, literally impact eternity. Josh Chamberlain didn't live an average life. He went on to fight many other battles. And at one point, almost lost his life in a battle. In fact, they thought they gave him his last rites. But he went on to live till 85. And at 85, died of battle wounds. That's the way I want to go. I want to die of battle wounds, not of running the other way. And that was Josh Chamberlain. That's what God calls all of us. This was a guy that was no... He wasn't some specially trained, you know, military guy. This was a guy who was teaching kids in a university. This is the guy who was using books, not swords. But he had the God-given courage to not be average. Here's some additional thoughts that God has given me. Um, and I've literally been chewing on this message for, for months. And God keeps kind of working with me because he's working on me. Because I don't stand before you as a perfect example of all in. I stand before you as an example of a man who's committed to be all in and taking that journey. And let's see what God has in mind. In spite of me, at the end of ourselves, God begins to do his work. When When we've exhausted our ability, then we get into God's ability. Amen? If it doesn't cost you anything, it's not worth anything. Become comfortable with what makes you uncomfortable. What are you uncomfortable with? What are you afraid of? It's getting in the way. Become comfortable with what makes you uncomfortable. Um, I was, um, as I was preparing this sermon, I was in, our, we, um, I suffer for Jesus in Florida this time of the year. Um, left 80 degrees. Come up here, but I'm delighted to do that. But... Um, as I was walking out of the church, our church, I saw this book um, behind the, the reception area. And they were selling these. And I said, wow, that guy's, that's my message. And I don't like it when I feel like a pastor is preaching a book report. You know what I mean? How many of you ever felt like you're hearing a book report? I can read the book, you know. <laughs> so anyway... <laughs> Um, I picked it up, and this book just really drove home some of the things that God was speaking to me about. Here's how he begins this book. And by the way, I brought a bunch to man camp, but I have some left over. And while supplies last, I have some up here for you. I don't know. I probably have 30 or 40 of them there. And I dare you to read it. I dare you. Here's how the book starts. A century ago, a band of brave souls became known as one-way missionaries. They purchased single tickets to the mission field without the return half. You know what, folks? Life's a one-way journey. It's a one-way journey. We just don't think of it that way. They purchased single tickets to the mission field without the return half. Instead of suitcases, they packed their few earthly belongings in coffins. As they sailed out of port, they waved goodbye to everyone they loved, everything they knew. They knew they would never return home. A.W. Milnen was one of those missionaries. He set sail for the new Hebrides in the South Pacific, known full well that the headhunters who lived there had martyred every missionary before him. Milnen did not fear for his life because he had already died to himself. Milnin didn't, uh, because he had already died to himself. His coffin was packed. For 35 years, he lived among that tribe and loved them. When he died, tribe members buried him in the middle of their village and inscribed this epitaph on his tombstone. When he came, there was no light. When he left, there was no darkness. Where can you and I bring light? This is a world that's dark. It's a world that's full of fear. I pray that you and I bring light. Where there's been darkness, we bring light. And when we leave, the light of Christ shines on. Amen? It goes on to say... When did we start believing that God wants to send us to safe places to do easy things? That faithfulness is holding the fort. That playing it safe is safe. That there is any greater privilege than sacrifice. That radical is anything but normal. Jesus didn't die to keep us safe. He died to make us dangerous. I'm feeling dangerous today. Are you feeling dangerous? He didn't died to make us safe, he died to make us dangerous. Faithfulness is not holding it forward, it's storming the gates of hell. The will of God is not an insurance plan, it's a daring plan. The complete surrender of your life to the cause of Christ isn't radical, it's normal. It's time to quit living as if the purpose of life is to arrive safely at death. It's time to go all in and all out for the all in all. Your coffin. A couple chapters later, he talks about a a Spanish explorer named Hernan Cortez who set sail for Mexico to capture Mexico. Dramatically outnumbered 75 to 1, when they landed on the beaches of Mexico, he knew what he had to do. He burned the ships because they weren't going back. They had a mission to accomplish and they were going to do it. At the end of the book, he finishes by saying, so I'm giving you the beginning and the end, okay? You have to read the rest yourself. This is what he says. If you don't hold out on God, God will not hold out on you. There is nothing God cannot do in and through a person who is fully consecrated to him. We want to do amazing things for God, but that isn't our job. That's God's job. Our job is to fully surrender all that we have and all that we are to the Lord Jesus Christ. And if we do our job, God will most certainly do His. So we stand on the same 3,000-year-old 3, promise the Israelites did when they were going to capture the promised land. They were going to capture the promised land. Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. God wants to do amazing things. He's simply waiting for us to consecrate ourselves. So what are you waiting for? You are one decision away from a totally different life. It's now or never. It's all or nothing. It's time to go all in and all out for the all in all. It's time. It's time, folks. Would you join me? in that decision this morning. To be all in, all out, for the all in all. To not live an average life, but to give it everything we've got to be all in. And if you're ready to do that, let's consecrate ourselves this morning to the Lord. For tomorrow, He will do amazing things. So here's what I'd like to do. I don't know, Mitch, if you're... Or some of we have some you can just play some music. <clears throat> I guess we'll be somewhat safe, but don't hold hands. But I want everybody that's willing and ready to be all in and live the rest of their life with everything they've got. Who, does, who don't want to play it safe, but who want to be dangerous. Would you just spread out over this auditorium, and I want to reconcentrate this congregation, each one of you, to living an all in, all out, everything we got till Jesus calls his home life. So come on, let's not make a big deal out of this. Let's get your fearful, afraid of myself, afraid of what could happen, lives. And let's change that today. Let's change that this morning. You know what? God's ready. Are you ready? I, I, I want to be all in. I I wanna I wanna go out with I wanna go out with everything I got. I want to go out saying, man, I didn't play it safe. I, I didn't live an average life. I made a difference. Hurting people found Jesus. I was an example to my sons and my daughter and my grandchildren. My one granddaughter said to her other grandpa, and I'm going to break for a second, she says, you know, my grandpa Randy, he's the fun grandpa. <laughs> this is not a boring life. This is not a just oh, all about. You know, it's an exciting life. It's, it's fun to live dangerous. Are you ready to be all in? Are you ready to, to give it everything you've got? Not play it safe. Let's be dangerous for God. It doesn't matter your age. You might have physical restrictions. But if you're breathing, there's a reason. Do something dangerous. Make a difference. Help hurting people. We've got to be all in. Jesus, help us. Help me. I have at times lived a selfish life. I have times restricted what God can do. I've sometimes been more worried about, more worried about what I could lose than what somebody could gain. In my business life, I had a, I've shared some of this in the past. I, had, I overheard a female employee say she had an unexpected pregnancy, all bad news, and she was told she needed to abort her baby. And God told me to go up to her and encourage her and pray for her. And I said, God, I'll get sued. And literally, I, mean, I, was, I, was, I was more worried about what I might lose. But guess what? I somehow got it within me. God wouldn't let go of me, and he just kept bugging me. And so I finally went up to her and I said, Alicia, I heard what you said, and I, I, I'm scared for you because I care about you. And I know this is all bad news, but my experience would tell me God's got a plan. And you can't see the outcome today, but I believe if you take it one step at a time, you'll see his plan. And I promise I'll pray for you and your baby every day. She didn't say much. She just shook her head, you know, like, thank you. And I walked back in my office, and I said, I'm sorry, I'm just being real, I'm getting sued. Or this baby's gonna be born with severe handicaps like they said, there's gonna be a lot of problems and she's gonna be mad at me and all this kind of stuff. I was thinking about all the things I was gonna lose. But guess what, six and a half months later she gave birth to a totally healthy baby girl. There's a 14 year old girl named Nina because I wasn't afraid I got over what I was afraid that I was going to lose so that somebody else could win and, and find the plan that God had. we got to make a difference, folks. This world is in a mess. And when we become all in for God, there's no time for drugs. When we become all in for God, there's no time for pornography. When we're all in for God, our selfishness starts to go away. It doesn't take me long to know when me and Jesus don't have it going on, I'm not a very, I'm not a very nice guy. I'm afraid of one man in this world. I'm afraid of me. And that's why when I'm all in, when I'm dangerous for Jesus, I'm alive. I'm so excited for what God can do and so humble the God can do in my ordinary life. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to simply pray with me. I want you to repeat. Would you repeat with me? We're going to pray together and we're going to make a new affirmation of who we are. We're going to consecrate ourselves to God to be all in so I'll say a line and you just repeat it and I pray that you'll say it like you mean it okay dear father in the name of Jesus Christ the name above all names we consecrate ourselves to you and we say come Lord Jesus and let those good plans that you have for us happen We believe that tomorrow, we are going to see amazing things. We're going to pack our coffins. We're going to burn the ships. And when we're outnumbered, surrounded, and out of ammo, we are going to fix bayonets. And we are going to charge The battle belongs to the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. We're committed all in for the all in all. Thank you, Jesus. You know, I believe you guys meant it. I can sense that you meant it. Now it's time to live it. You know, I know a lot of people say they believe the Bible, but very few people sometimes, even me, we don't live it. It's time to live it with everything we got to the core of our being because that's that's the way God wants us to live. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. I'm dangerous because of Christ who is within me, not because of anything I am. Please, let's be dangerous. Amen? Can you lead us in a song? You got one in mind? All right, let's do it. Let's raise our hand and we'll sing a song. We'll pray it and we're going to go out and show the world what dangerous looks like.